0: Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm how I keep it simple in my homeschool or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. I truly do believe that the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So this week we are trying yet again to video record the podcast. Last week, I promise, I video recorded the podcast and I went to upload it and the entire thing got deleted. And it was permanently deleted. It wasn't one of those things where I could bring it back. So I apologize, we said last week on the podcast that we were um, getting it up on YouTube and it did not get up there. But this week again, we are video recording it and putting it up on YouTube. So I say that with the caution that if it is not up, you know, something went wrong again. So I'm giving it a try. I'm wearing my y'all need Jesus shirt. So if you're not looking at the video, you'll want to go check out that on YouTube. I got this shirt for $4.99 at Walmart. No kidding. I love it anyway I'm ready to talk to you guys today I'm doing something special for the podcast I had a simply living for him women's event this past weekend it was amazing we had 70 women come out to hear the word to get in the word to want to be women in the word it was awesome we spent the entire day digging in the word Uh, we spent time in worship we spent time in prayer we spent time in fellowship we just had an amazing time and Many people have asked, you know, did you video record it? Why couldn't you live stream it? And, you know, we didn't do those things this time. But what I am doing is on the re- on the podcast for this week, I'm actually going to do like my second session of the the um event which was Being a Woman in the Word and Walking in It. And we're going to talk about women in the word versus women in the world. So this is really based on my session at the event, so if you missed that event, I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm doing this session tonight on the path before I start I want to thank my podcast sponsor as always Apologia. Apologia is an amazing Christian publishing company. They have um they're really known for their science curriculum which we've used forever but they're also coming out with math curriculum, which I'm super duper excited to check that out. They have lots of specials going on. They also have free resources. Whether you just need encouragement um, or you need some homeschool help, go check them out at Apologia.com and check out their amazing curriculum. So tonight we're going to talk about being a woman in the word and we're going to compare some um, characteristics of women in the word versus women in the world. And so I gave this session, like I said, this past Saturday at my women's event, which was just amazing. And so before I got into this session, we kind of really talked about the difference between just knowing God's word or knowing about God's word and then knowing God. So we can either know about God or we can really know him. And so we talked about the transformation that takes place when we know God, um, how we can, you know, have an intimate time with him in his word, because that is how he speaks to us. And we talked all about that. And then in this session, I really kind of wanted to show, you know, what it really looks like when we are transformed. So we don't just read the word because we're supposed to. We don't just read the word because that's what good Christians do. We don't just read the word because, we want it to make us feel better we read the word to get to know god we want to know him more we don't just want to know about him because a lot of people know about him we want to know him and so you know we don't just um like check it off our list and when we really truly want to know him um, and we spend time communicating with him and listening to him and his word we begin a process of transformation and we can't transform ourselves. The spirit transforms us from the inside out. And when we're a woman in the word, it will overflow into everything we do. Our actions, you know, um, are an overflow. So how we treat people, how we, the decisions we make, everything we do is an overflow of that relationship with the Lord, which is nurtured and nourished by the word of God, right? We can't really live something out if we don't really know it. And God's word provides us all of those amazing truths. And it really does transform us. Um, when I talked on Saturday, I talked a lot about the transformation in my own life that has taken place. And the beautiful thing is that we don't ever arrive. That transformation continues to take place. So it's not like, you know, I have you arrived, right? It's, it's a, a constant, ongoing sanctification process. And God is the one who does that transforming work through his spirit. We don't do it on our own. And so let's talk about, you know, walking in the word and really walking in truth. And what does that mean to You know, um, really walk in it. And the number one thing I first said, and I want to say tonight, if a woman really wants to be empowered, she should get in the Word of God, right? There's a lot of talk these days about women being empowered, and they can do anything they want, and, you know, they should dress however they want and act however they want and they have power and they can do everything men can do. And I say, if you really want to be empowered, get in the Word of God because He is the source of our power. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability and the power. This theme of my event this past weekend was moving mountains. And that whole theme had to do with, you know, moving mountains, but we don't move them. It's through God's power that we can, I say, women in the Word can change the culture. We can change the culture and we can move mountains in the culture by the word of God and his transforming spirit in us. Because how I treat people, they're going to recognize that. You know, whether they're believers or unbelievers, people are going to see your life as a reflection of Christ. So when we move mountains... We don't move them, but He works in us to move them. And women in the Word, I believe, can change the world. I talked a lot on Saturday about the girl who changed my life, the girl who introduced me to Jesus. And because she did that unashamedly, she really transformed my life. And how many other lives out there are being touched merely because you hear me on the ministry, right? Every week on the podcast or, you know, whether it's my writing or you see me at events, Um, Or you just see me in real life, right? So, uh, you know, you never know the effect that you can have on someone. So women in the Word can move mountains. And if a woman really wants to be empowered, plug in to your power source, the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 4.12 says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. So this um, passage... I wanted to point out the word abound. It says that you should abound more and more. And again, like I said, we don't ever arrive. This this um, idea of abounding is like we keep going. Sometimes we take a few steps back, but we always can go forward when God is transforming us. So we never arrive. We are all at different places in our walk with the Lord. My walk with Jesus is not your walk with Jesus, and so we're all at different places, and We're all hopefully moving forward. That's the important thing. Um, And so let's go through a few of the different um, characteristics of a woman in the word versus a woman of the world. So the first one that I want to go through is a woman in the word. Let me rephrase that. A woman in the world makes emotion-based decisions. But a woman in the word... Has biblical discernment. Our emotions are not trustworthy. Most of us are acting out of emotions most often. We are acting when we, so there's a big difference. A woman in the Word is operating out of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. God is controlling her. A woman in the world is operating out of the flesh. And it's not that our emotions are bad. But if we're making decisions based on emotions and not on truth, then we are not operating out of the spirit. Because when we're operating out of the spirit, we will operate with biblical discernment. That is where we will make our decisions. You know, our emotions are not trustworthy if we followed our emotions, who knows what I would be doing every day. I probably wouldn't get out of bed most days. <laughs> Just being honest with you. You know, the pendulum is always swinging for us women, right? Sometimes, you know, I I laugh. I'm like, I want to go on adventure until I want to be a homebody or, you know, I want to I want order in my life until I feel too confined. You know, I want to um, you know, I don't know, do like spontaneous things until I feel like that's, you know, too crazy and I want order. So we always have this pendulum swinging. Many of us find, especially me as a homeschooler, I find I want order in my homeschool and then it's stifling. I want a schedule and then it feels, you know, too confined. So then I'm like, let's be loosey-goosey, but then I want order again, right? We're always kind of swinging back and forth based on our emotions. But when we have Jesus, he is the anchor that holds us steady. And that pendulum isn't constantly swinging. We are held steady by him. And so, you know, when we're not centered and we act on our emotions and not truth, that's because we aren't filled up on truth. We are filled up more on ourselves and our emotions and what we want. But when we're in the Bible and we're operating as a woman in the word, Those truths are filled up in us and those things provide us the biblical discernment that we need and we can not trust our emotions, which are very untrustworthy, right? Because they can change all the time. Our emotions change based on what we eat, how much sleep we had, you know, what time of the month it is. We constantly have different shifts in emotions. Praise the Lord that those aren't the things that we rely on because it's confusing. And so we want to rely on God's word and have biblical discernment because Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it, right? So we want to operate as women in the word out of his truths and to have biblical discernment. We don't want to follow our heart. Look at Eve. That's what's got us here in the first place, right? She followed after what she wanted and her emotion that kind of took hold of her and she desired something and was forgetting the biblical truth. The biblical, biblical truth in that garden was that God said no, right? That was biblical discernment. But she acted out of emotion, and look where we've ended up. It's so much easier to follow our emotions, but our emotions often get us in quite a bit of trouble. You know, His voice is the voice that echoes through our mind throughout the day when we are filled up on His truth. When we're operating as a woman in the Word, we are filled up on the truth of God, and it's so much easier to practice biblical discernment because that is the voice in our mind rather than our own, you know, sometimes my crazy voice in my mind or my emotional voice in my mind, or even other people's voices that affect my emotions in my mind. When His is the voice that we hear above all else, then we have um, better biblical discernment. We always want to ask, like, what does God's Word say about this? Not, how do I feel about this? What is my opinion about this? What do I believe about this? What does God's Word say about this? We can't have biblical discernment if we aren't in the Word to know the Word, Right, so we have to um make sure that we're not just following after things that sound good that we want to operate out of truth. Another characteristic oh one other thing I said, and you can't see it on here because well, you could see it in the video, but i'm I'm looking at my computer and I can't turn my computer around. One funny thing aside here, I showed a funny picture during the um during the um session on saturday when i gave this session and i was talking about how our emotions change and just to be really funny i put up a picture of myself junior year of high school um going to my junior formal in this fire engine red puffy sleeved mini dress that i thought i was the cat's meow i mean i thought that this dress was above all that i was you know Looking so great. And so the point of that was to say times change, right? Times change, fads change, our houses, everything comes in and out of style. What's, what's stylish today is going to be out of style in five years. But then guess what? In 20 years, it's going to be vintage and back in style again. By the time we renovate our homes, they go out of style. It's craziness, right? Just like our fashion and all the other fads of the day go in and out of style. Those aren't the things we put our trust in. We put our trust in God's word that never changes and is not based on the latest emotion and the latest fad and the latest trend. So I'll spare you all. You don't have to see that crazy looking picture of me, but I showed it on Saturday. I just wanted to give a little bit of an example of how we don't trust ourselves. So then there's pointless perfectionism. Okay, a woman in the world is always after this, as I call it, pointless perfectionism, where a woman in the word is becoming more Christ-like and our perfection is found in him. So when you're operating out of the spirit, You're not always after this, you know, perfection. The world, everything is perfection. They want, you know, the perfect home, the perfect children, the perfect um, husband, the perfect everything, perfect meals, right? And what's the point? It points to yourself? No. Out of humility, you strive to be more like Christ and your perfection is found in him. The perfectionism of this world, quite frankly, is pointless because it always points to yourself and like, look what I can do. And the thing is, we never achieve perfection because the only one who ever achieved that perfection is Jesus Christ himself. And so our job is to become more like him. And like I said before, we're always abounding, but we never arrive. But he is, um, we are in the process of being transformed and sanctified and made holy. So, You know, we have this like Pinterest world that we live in these days and this Instagram ideal culture. And it feeds us that like everything should look perfect. And again, for what? What is the point? You know, HGTV tells us that we can have the DIY life. What's that? What is that? I want my life to be hidden in him and, you know, um, found in him. And I want my life to reflect him. That is not pointless. That is the true perfection we strive after. And Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So we are to be sanctified and made holy, and um, that is done in humility, not in the pride that this world offers in their pursuit of pointless perfection. Okay, next characteristic— a woman in the Word moves forward in faith, but a woman in the world suffers from analysis paralysis i have suffered from analysis paralysis quite often in my life and analysis paralysis simply means that there is so much information these days you can't move forward you can't make a decision you know recently i bought luggage i'm traveling a lot this um i was gonna say this semester (laughs) this spring for speaking and so i was trying to find luggage over there on amazon right I almost could not buy luggage because I was paralyzed by what kind do I buy? But these reviews are bad, but these reviews are good, right? And you could go on and on and on. Um, And, you know, how many times has that happened to you where you try to buy something and you can't even act because we are so weighed down by info? Now, I know I talked about this on the podcast very recently. This one struck a nerve with many people too much information. And that relates to this analysis paralysis. You know, are you trying to figure out? Every scenario that could happen in a decision you're making. And so you never really move forward because of fear. So a woman in the word operates out of, you know, fear. I mean, faith, but a woman in the world operates out of fear. You know, moving forward in faith, trust that God is in control. He holds the stars in the sky. We can trust that when we seek him first— Everything will fall into place. We can trust he's going to take care of us. Guess what is so comforting? He knows the outcome. He knows the outcome of the decisions that you're trying to make. All we have to do is trust him. And when you know his word and you're filled up on his truths and his promises, you can move forward in faith and not fear. Which brings me to the anxious worrier, which would be a woman of the world, or operating out of concern and caution. And so, you know, that would be the um, woman in the word. So it's not that we have so much faith that we don't, you know, we don't know any information. We're just like, oh, God will take care of everything. I believe that we are supposed to be informed and have caution and concern. But then there becomes a tipping point where we turn it into anxiety and worry and I have dealt with this forever um you know analysis paralysis like this the uh, characteristic I talked about just previously to this one um leads to this anxious worrying and um You know, I'm an expert in worrying. I could have a PhD and every other letter after my name if you gave me a degree in worrying. And so I have learned over the years how um, futile it is and how pointless and how very contrary it is to trusting the Lord and to, you know, seeking Him first. And so this is something that God, and I'm always honest about this because I feel like a lot of people deal with this. This is something that God has really worked in my life. Um, He has changed me so much in this area but it is something that I struggle with you know and I always will probably it's like my thorn in the flesh Um, it has gotten so much better but there is definitely part of me that always defaults to that anxious and that worrying kind of um, characteristic but I have to remind myself that is not operating out of the spirit that is operating out of the flesh because when I have anxiety and worry that saying I want what I want and if I don't get it, I don't know what I'll do. But when I'm a woman in the word, I'm saying I want what God wants. And no matter what it is, I'm happy. I'm in his will. I'm content with that. And so, you know, care and concern takes actionable steps there's things you can kind of be concerned about but you you move forward you move forward in faith knowing that God is in control worry and anxiety they paralyze so concern and caution provide you you know in a way to take actionable steps and take action but I've seen worry and anxiety completely paralyze me and so um you know, that can be that can be debilitating. I remember telling Steve recently, I was so, like, every fear was just coming at me and coming at me and coming at me. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I cannot operate this way. And, and the verses came to me, you know, cast all your care um, upon him because he cares for you. But then I looked it up and I was really taken aback by the verses. You know, we often say cast all your care on him because he cares for you. However, the verses before that say, Humble yourselves. This is first Peter five, six and seven. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And what I learned when I read that is this is again pride. Worry is, is a state of pride because it's saying, I want what I want. And if I don't get it, I don't know what I'll do. But when I operate in faith, I'm humbling myself knowing i am not god and no matter what he has in store that is what i want no matter what happens if it's god's will that is where i want to be painful suffering nobody wants that But if it's part of God's plan, I am not there to argue with him. So our human nature will cause us to worry. But when we walk in the spirit and operate out of the truth of God's word, then we have concern and caution. Faith versus fear. One more characteristic here. People pleaser versus a God pleaser. A woman of the word is always focused on, you know, people pleasing where, um, I keep saying it wrong. A woman of the world is always focusing on people-pleasing. But a woman in the Word, her motive is to please her Father. God-pleaser versus a people-pleaser. It says in Galatians 1.10, For now, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. When we aim to please people, again, it all goes back to pride. Notice how most of these are rooted in pride. A woman of the word is humble. A woman in the world is operating out of pride. And again, it's flesh versus spirit. When we aim to please people, like I said, it's another sign of pride because we want to know that they think highly of us. We worry about what they think of us. We don't want people to think ill of of us if we say no to something or, you know, um, we just are very concerned with our appearance, with you know the the face we put forward, with people's opinions of us. and people pleasing can be a prison. I wrote about that um, recently on Facebook. you know people pleasing is a prison because you can't possibly please everybody out there. It's impossible. The one that you are striving to gain approval from is mere, is just like these verses say. You know, who are you um, seeking approval of, man or of God? You should be living up to his standards that are set forth there in his word. And if you're doing that, that is enough. It isn't about um, pleasing people. When you care what God thinks more than what people thinks. Think you are free. You are released from that prison of people-pleasing. All right, the next one, a woman of the word versus a woman of the world. Um, a woman of the word measures everything she does against God's standards, and a woman of the world compares to others. This one is a doozy. I know this one I could probably go on for an entire um, podcast about because we as women all of us, I don't think there's anyone out there who is immune to this, um, care what others think to the point where then you, so that was the one before, but now we're talking about you do that and then you start comparing. You compare your children to someone else's children, your life to someone else's life, your house to someone else's house, um, you know, your career. If you homeschool, you're comparing each other's homeschool we do this all the time. And that is not okay. Number one, we live in a culture that kind of glorifies coveting, you know, with the HGTV world and the Pinterest world. It makes us like, like, you're supposed to want what everybody else has, like this visual media saturated world. It, it, glorifies coveting that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to go after the latest trends we're supposed to compare what we have to others like if you didn't have the internet and you never saw somebody else's home would you really be as um into what yours looks like probably not you wouldn't see the latest like fads out there i always say to homeschoolers If you didn't have the internet and you didn't have other homeschoolers to compare to, what would your homeschool actually look like? It would probably look so different because you'd just be focusing on, you know, what God has laid on your heart for how things should look or how God is leading you. So that's so important to remember. Um. If nobody else existed for you to compare to, what would things look like in your life? You know, you get right with God and his word. There's no looking to others. There is no room for insecurity when you're secure in Christ. A woman in the word is secure in her identity in Christ. A woman in the world is insecure. And again, that insecurity goes back to our pride. Um, <clears throat> Remember, my journey is not your journey. My walk with Christ is not your walk. My ministry is not your ministry. My home is not your home. My family is not your family, right? Um, The list goes on and on. There's no room for sisters in Christ to compare to each other. The next one, oh, I have a story for you on this one. The next one is a woman of the world is a gossip and useless chatterer. And a woman of the word uses words for edification and building up others. So think about your words. They matter. This world is full of gossipers, right? We love it. We love it because, again, it goes back to pride. It helps our insecurities somehow feel better when we can put other people down or we can talk about others. And as Christian women, we are not immune to this problem. I've seen it all the time, but I am here to say, it is. there is no room for it with Sisters in Christ. We should look different than the world. We should not have useless chatter. We should not have gossip. We should be using our words for the building of the kingdom. Spread the gospel, not gossip, right? We should be using our words for building each other up, not tearing others down. I'm going to tell you a story. Years ago, I was just a teeny weeny baby Christian. Um, I would say... Actually, I don't know yet if I had really surrendered to Jesus. I had been, at this point, seeking. I had been going back to church. I was trying to learn more about um, the Bible. So I was very early on in my walk. And so I was at work one day, and an email came through from a friend. And that email, I took it the wrong way. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I I was really mad after I read the email. I was like, (gasps) oh, She's trying to say this and that, and I was just mad. And so I meant to reply, or not to reply, I meant to forward the email to Steve. I wanted him to see just how terrible she was. And I started to write to Steve. You know, I was forwarding the email to him, and I was writing, like, can you believe that she said this, and look at what she said here, and I can't stand this, and blah, blah, blah. Ugly words came pouring out of my mouth. Well, into the keyboard, I should say, because I was sending an email. And I was just mad. I don't even remember really what it was, but something about whatever. So doesn't matter. I said awful things about this person. And then I went to send it to Steve because I wanted him to see what she said. And then I wanted him to t- t- see how I felt about it. And instead of forwarding it to Steve, I hit. Reply. Yep, I sent the email directly to her with my scathing words. And as soon as I hit that button, send, I realized what I did and I nearly died right there at work. I remember I got hot and shaky and dizzy. I had to get up from my desk. I went to the back room. I was just like shaking like, oh my goodness. And you know why I was shaking? Probably because I felt bad that she was going to see those words. But really because I was getting caught. I was getting caught. My ugly self was out there for her to see. And for whoever else she wanted to show it to, like she could show it to anyone. My words were there, typed out for all to see. And so we do that. We don't even have to send an email. We can do it in our head. We can see a friend and smile to the day is, you know, over. And then we go home and we're like, "Mm." in our mind, we tear them down, even in our mind. Gossip doesn't have to take place outside of your mind. It can do just as much damage in your head because it fills your mind with ugly, negative thoughts. And that's not a woman operating out of the word. A woman out of the, operating out of the word and out of the spirit truly has others' interests at heart, truly wants to be humble and serve others and thinks of others better than herself just like it says in Philippians, that day, that taught me a huge lesson. Another thing that day that taught me was I was just beginning my walk with the Lord. I was here telling my friends how I was going to church and, you know, I was learning about Jesus. And when I did that, I felt like they were all like, yeah, big whoop, you're going to church. You're still the same old Karen. And so to this day, that story affects me. People know me as, like, somebody who refuses to gossip. I'm like, please, don't say it to me. I say it to my kids all the time. If they're talking about a friend, I'm like, would you say that if they were here? Because if not, then don't say it. Right? We have to be very careful. Our words matter. So that brings me to a woman in the word is um, focused on others. And a woman in the world is self-focused. And, you know, just like I said in Philippians, it says we are to consider others above ourselves. Uh, Philippians 2, 3 to 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Do you make decisions based on how it affects you or based on how it affects others? That's another one, you know, do you do you look at things through the lens of what is the best for everyone or what's the best for me? So a woman in the word is focused on others and a woman in the world is focused mainly on your own well-being and your own self. But that's how the word world operates. And that's what the world tells us to do. Okay, next one. A woman of the word celebrates others and lifts them up. And a woman in the world has jealousy and envy and covetousness. Like I said before, we live in a culture that promotes coveting. We're told that we're supposed to want what others have. It's accepted and glorified. But that breaks a commandment. We are not supposed to practice coveting. Um, And I want to talk about this next Thing that I'm going to say is difficult because most people are like, uh, they get uncomfortable. But I really believe that women in the word and women operating out of the spirit need to be honest and real about these things and take these sins and just like get them out in the open because then when it's out into the light, the darkness flees. But how many of you out there have secretly wished your friend to fail at something or secretly wished your friend's child to fail at something? You're like, hmm, my kid didn't make the softball team. I wish that their kid didn't either. I know this is stuff we don't like to talk about. I've done it. I know I've done it. Where like you're secretly like, hmm, that person got, you know, the promotion. Because it makes me feel bad about me. I don't want someone else to have something good. I've learned this one over the years. And this is something that I talk about all the time. Because I really, like I said, believe that we as women in the Word should not do this. But I know that the world does it. And it's something nobody talks about. You know, we all put on that face like, yes, good for you. And then we go home and we're like, bummer. That is not how women, sisters in Christ that operate in the Spirit, and out of the word of god behave. Romans 12:15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Somebody else's success has nothing to do with your own, right? What we do as humans in the flesh, we internalize it. You know, somebody else had something great, we wish that was us. So now we're mad that is not okay. Women in the word should be lifting each other up, celebrating each other, rejoice with those who rejoice. And then when somebody else is having a bad day, we are there to lift them up, to weep with them, to hold them. And so women in the word, in the spirit, We must stop looking at others and internalizing their lives on us. We should be looking at others and celebrating. Somebody else's good day has nothing to do with your day. You are on your own path. You are on your own journey with the Lord. And, you know, there is enough drama in this world. Women, sisters in Christ, we do not need to add to that drama. We do not want to look like the women of the world, right? When we are women in the word, other people are going to see us differently. They're like, wow, those people really do put the needs of others first. Those people don't act out of selfish ambition. Those people truly do get happy for their friends. And we look different. And ultimately, we reflect Christ to the world. All right, next one. A woman of the word is content in him and knows the truth, but a woman of the world is always searching for truth. And so, like I said before, we live in a abundantly, you know, vast world of information these days, and even in the Christian circles, there's always things like, oh, that sounds good, that sounds good, and you're always kind of searching for the next best thing. Ladies, we have the Word of God right in front of us, and we have Jesus. We don't have to search anymore. Isn't that wonderful? And there's also, on the other side of this as well, that I'll be happy when syndrome. Um, you know, there, you, we can spend our whole life waiting for the next thing to happen. I remember was like, I'll be happy when I get married, then I'll be happy when I have a baby. Now I'll be happy when I have another baby. Then I'll be happy when we move. You have this moment right now, and you have Jesus. Be content in him and be content with all of the truths that are laid out there in his word. We no longer have to search for truth. I talked this weekend when I gave my testimony how I spent, you know, the first half of my life searching for truth and always searching and searching for something when now I have it. I have Jesus. There is no more searching. Second Timothy 3, 7 says, they are the kind of women, I mean, I'm sorry, they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. When you have God's word and you're acting out of his spirit, you are solely looking for more truth in his word. You are not looking everywhere to find um, those answers, to find more uh, truth elsewhere. So we don't want to always search for more. Um, Then we have the woman of the word, has surrendered control to God and a woman of the world is very controlling many women out there will claim that they are controlling right we say I'm not controlling but then we're like oh wait I want everything to go my way that's controlling and there comes this time of surrender this beautiful point of surrender and I've really um been learning a lot about this in the past few years, specifically the past six months to a year about truly surrendering to the Lord and truly, you know, um, letting go of what I want and trading that in for what he wants. And it's a beautiful place to realize like my old self is dead. I was crucified with Christ. I am now alive in him and I don't want to control my life. He holds the stars in the sky. He's the one who created every single thing you see. He's the one I want in control. Why would I want to control things? I'm just a sinful, fleshy girl who messes up every day so we must remember galatians two twenty. i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself up for me i think of this beautiful analogy um I've been flying a lot the past few years, uh, every spring, you know, for speaking, uh, speaking season. And so I thought of this one year when I was on the airplane, how when you first get on the airplane, you're like, you're, um, it's very loud and it's very, sometimes it's a little turbulent when you first start taking off, right? It starts like, it goes really fast and it's really turbulent. It's really loud and it's scary, actually. It's like, wait, you know, I have no control right now over this plane. And it, it sounds like it just it's it sounds like is the plane going to crash. Like the first time I remember flying, I was just like, what are all those noises? Why is it so loud? Why is, you know, it a little bumpy? And then there comes this beautiful time where you finally get up to your cruising altitude. And it gets quiet. And you're probably above the clouds and it's calm. And the seatbelt sign goes off and it's safe and you're soaring and you're not scared anymore and that is what it's like when we give up our surrender and our control to the lord you know when it's us we're in that turbulent time and we're we're sort of like trying to like make ourselves feel safe and all of a sudden we realize when we're operating out of the spirit it's like when you're soaring above those clouds god is in control he says take off your seatbelt you are safe with me it's quiet it all makes sense and you feel safe and secure and so oftentimes we think surrendering to god well that's not safe i don't know what's going to happen no it's like when you're flying above those clouds he's in control you just get to sit back and enjoy that ride and sometimes it gets turbulent right sometimes we start operating out of the flesh again but then you come back to those moments where it's like, all right, seatbelt sign is off again. You're free to move around. And it's safe and secure. And I feel like that lately. I have do this thing where I pray and I put my palms up in the morning. I was just doing it actually before um, about things that I'm praying about. And I open my hands. I was just like, Lord, I want what you want. And I surrender all control to you and it's so freeing it's like the weight of the world is off my shoulders it's like i'm soaring above those clouds in that airplane and that brings me to the last one the woman of the word operates um wants God's will. And a woman of the world wants your own will. And so let me tell you this story. I was reading The Hiding Place. I've told this many times recently, I think on the podcast and other places. We read The Hiding Place. If you haven't read it, it will change your life. It changed mine. And if you don't know, it's written by Corey Ten Boom. And it is her story of um, really um, Uh, what they went through as her family was put into concentration camps. They were taken for hiding Jews during World War II, and they were caught, and her family was off to the concentration camps. And it is just... Like, I can't describe it in just a few minutes in this podcast, but you need to read the book. Like, it changed my life. And so the faith that she and her sister have is just unbelievable to me. While they are ministering in concentration camps, you know, I said to the ladies this weekend when I was at the um, event that I was putting on, you know, we don't need these fancy women's events to minister at. We simply I mean, these women ministered in concentration camps. We need we need to remember we don't need all the bells and whistles. We minister where we are they had such strong faith and and the whole beginning of the book really outlines how important the bible was to their family growing up and how important it was to them and so while they're in the concentration camps her and her sister um they start bible studies and these aren't allowed but they start they they have their bible hidden the whole time and they start opening up the word of god and women are like we want to hear that you know they want to hear the word of god and so they're doing it in secret in these um in these Rooms where they sleep in just you know horrible conditions, so horrible that there was an infestation of fleas. And so one night, Corey's sister says to her, You know, we read today in First Thessalonians that it says that we are to give thanks in everything. And Corey's like, What are you crazy? Because she says, Oh, we are to give thanks in everything. So, you know what, Corey, we're gonna thank God right now for the fleas. And she's like, what are you crazy? We're going to thank God for the fleas. Like, I get that you have faith. I get that you want to follow God's word, but I'm not thanking God for the fleas. And she's like, we need to do what God's word says to do. And so, you know, I think it's really important that you don't have to thank God for the circumstances you're in, but you thank him in the circumstances. So no matter what, you just keep praising him and thanking him because you know that his will is where you want to be. And right now, this is where they were. And I mean, they're in a concentration camp, and I I can't even like get into it now because I don't have time in this podcast. But they embody everything that I just read about being a woman in the Word, like putting others first, you know, and that humility. And I mean, they're over here forgiving the guards who are killing people. I mean, I can't even get into it. But anyway, so later on, they realize that somebody tells them that they are ministering and they are having these Bible studies at night. And they wonder why the guards never came in. And caught them. How did that happen? That these guards who are always like catching them doing anything wrong, how come they're they're just like never coming in at night when they're doing the Bible studies? And somebody said it's because of the fleas. They don't want to come in the bunk rooms because they know the fleas are in there. My goodness, those fleas allowed Corey and her sister to minister in that concentration camp, to read the Bible, to share the gospel with others thank god in your circumstances in all things it says here in everything give thanks cuz you never know what god's will is and so when a woman is in the word she operates out of wanting what god wants a woman in the world wants what you want right i i want this i want that a woman in the word Operates knowing that God's will is ultimately where you want to be. We don't just run to the Bible to make it make us feel better. We run to the Bible because where else are we going to run to? That is our spiritual nourishment. That is our God communicating with us. That is the book that teaches us how to live. That is the very words of God speaking to us. So women in the world run to listen to everyone else. Women in the world care about what everybody else thinks. Women in the world are coveting. Women in the world are gossiping. Women in the world, I mean, in the word, are so dependent on that book. Women in the word are surrendered. Whatever God's will is what I want. So that is how a woman in the word should behave. Operating out of God's spirit and not out of the flesh. So I kind of tailored this down a bit. This session went over an hour. So I kind of tailored this down a little bit for the podcast. There were a few more things, um, more you know, elaborate, but I tried to really hit the main point. So I hope that this really would help you today to rethink things to say to yourself, Am I operating out of the spirit or am I letting the flesh win? And say to yourself, I want to purpose to operate out of the spirit, to be a woman in the word, to not look like a woman in the world, ultimately to want God's will, no matter what that is, to truly be surrendered to God's will. So, I hope this encouraged you. I will be speaking at Teach Them Diligently February 27th to the 29th. Um, Actually, I'm speaking on the 28th and the 29th. We arrive there on the 27th. That's when the conference begins. I will be there on the 28th and the 29th. I am so looking forward to speaking season this year and seeing so many of you out there. Um, If you are still interested in the Simply Living for Him devotional, it is up there on Amazon. I've had such amazing feedback on that devotional, especially this weekend with women um, getting to see it in person and women that have been using it and telling me that it's been keeping them focused on God's word. So that's been doing great over there on Amazon. You can go check it out. Also, my Bible-based homeschooling e-course is available. If you are homeschooling and you want to see how to use the Bible to keep it as the foundation in your homeschool, you can go check that out. Um, And uh, let's see, what else did I want to tell you? I think that that is about it for tonight Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Like I said, it was based on my session that I did this past weekend at the Simply Living for Him women's event. If you have an event in your area, you have a Bible study or your church or your women's group, and you would like me to come and do a Simply Living for Him event, I would love to talk to you. So send me an email at karen at simplylivingforhim.com. And I hope you have a great week. Until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.